Welcome to the Tools They Use podcast, the ultimate personal productivity podcast covering the apps and tools to help you get things done, exploring the workflows, resources, and automation of successful individuals, and so much more. Now over to your host, Francesco D'Alessio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tools They Use podcast. It is Francesco here, and welcome back to another feature. So today, we are very lucky to be joined by Christoph Magnuson, who is the entrepreneur behind Blackboat, a digital agency with, I believe it's 10 to 15 or so employees based in Germany, which is absolutely amazing. Um, Christoph is someone I actually first discovered on YouTube. He makes these absolutely amazing little stories about his day of work and also things that he wants to share across his day. I really love these videos that he does. Um, they are not really uh, getting the amount of views that I think they should be getting. Uh, they are absolutely amazing. They're like Casey Nasset style videos, but around the business world. And I think he tells his stories absolutely fantastically. So what I would recommend is if you're listening to this and you're like, I need some more YouTube channels to go and watch. Um, I highly recommend checking out Christoph's. I'll include all of the lovely stuff in the show notes, um, as I always do. But it's such an honor to be speaking with Christoph today, mainly because what I think Christoph does really well is be able to tell the story about how he's able to do stuff with work, but also share how he was able to sort of replicate it on multiple occasions in businesses. Um, and I think he's a really hard worker, but also a smart worker as well. So it's really a great honor to be speaking to him today. Um, and it's uh, it's going to be a really good podcast if you're listening along and you are maybe self-employed or looking at that market. Anyway, um, just before we dive in, a little ask from you guys. If you grab a moment, it'd be great and such an honor if you dropped me an iTunes review. Um, the podcast is growing and it, we're already on the seventh episode, which is absolutely amazing. Um, but it is, uh, you know, really would be great to have a lot more people listening, <laughs> uh, as we expand and grow. So if you grab a few moments, drop an iTunes review there. Um, and whether it's good or bad, just drop me an email to let me know that you did it. Um, that's Francesco at keepproductive.com. It'll be in the show notes, and I'm, I'm more than happy to send a sticker, whether it's an Evernote one or Todoist, whatever I can find <laughs> in my sticker inventory, um, I will get it sent over to you. Anyway, thank you so much for stopping by. I really do hope you uh, enjoy today's feature with Christoph Bagdeson. One. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tools They Use podcast. It is your host, Francesco D'Alessio, back for another episode. So today we are very lucky to be joined by Christoph from Blackboat. He runs a digital agency over in Germany that is making some waves. Um, I actually first discovered Christoph, as I was mentioning before, um, on YouTube because he runs a really awesome YouTube uh, channel, sort of documenting the tools and also his sort of work day as well. So it's really inspirational for those individuals out there who are looking to go into business and learn about how to really optimize their day. So it's really awesome to be joined by Christoph today. Um, Christoph, uh, maybe you could give a little introduction to yourself, maybe fill in any gaps. <laughs> Perfect, thank you. Yeah, thanks Francesco. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to the podcast. And uh, yeah, two, three words about myself uh, or sentences. Um, I'm an entrepreneur from Germany, Christoph Magnussen. 
and uh, do that for quite a while now. I'm in my mid-30s and started my first company now almost 20 years ago. And uh, I kind of stumbled upon into this digital stuff because in my last business that grew quite fast, I had a refurbishment company that still um, exists, 150 people. Um, I was responsible as one of the founders for the operations. So like how do people work, what tools do they use and so on. And I always liked the idea of using cloud services to work, to keep it lean and simple. And this kind of became the norm for, say, digital nomads and, and all the digital transformation that is happening right now. And um, I see that it's very important for the people to use these tools to learn what it can be like to work in a company that is driven by new kinds of tools, by new kinds of work. So that's in very, very short what I do. Fantastic. Um, and I was just mentioning, mentioning to Christoph before we started, uh, what I quite like about how he documents his stuff and how he delivers his stuff is that he's actively doing all this stuff, which is amazing. So um, that's, a, that's a really uh, notable thing about Christoph. So um, yeah, it's great to have you. Uh, I'm really excited to ask you a few questions. So let's dive into a few of those. Mm -hmm. Um, just before we start, for those listening along, if you are on a, you know, a bike ride or a, you're in the car and you're worried about all of the apps and tools that Christoph uh, reels off, then you can download them in the show notes. So don't worry. Um, you, know, you don't have to pull over or anything and write it down. <laughs> Freak out. That's a good note. Yeah, that's a good It note. is. <laughs> um, so Christoph, uh, first of all, what sort of day-to-day -day work do you do? Obviously, you explained a bit about your company, but what's the sort of groundwork? Yeah, so we're 20 people at Blackboard, roughly. And um, the data, like, we, we don't really have one office, or we, of course, have an office. I sit in an office right now, but we see it as a tool. And um, for us, it's part of the communication we do, and we choose from whatever if we need it, if we are at the office or not. So my day-to-day -day work varies from I do a workshop, I give a keynote speech, um, I'm at a client, or I sit at the office as today um, preparing a YouTube upload for tomorrow, <laughs> which is always uh, usually running late. Um, and I will spend the afternoon with my kids. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I was looking forward to when, when I set up Blackboard as a company and working more remote and using the tools to free myself from the desk, so especially from where to work and where to do my work. So that's kind of my my day. Wow. I really like the, I, I've never heard anyone say that before, like using the office as a tool. I quite like that. It's, there's this key of, in, in our philosophy as we think. So um, freedom is our number one value in the company. And, and to us, it means having the responsibility to organize our work around our lives and, and making sure we can choose free to like who we want to work with. Of course, we need to make money in order to be able to choose that and we need to deliver a great job in order to be able to choose that. But also understanding that communication is the tool to deliver that. The office is not the place where we have to be. You know, of course, for example, my, my, um, my assistant Tessa and me, we are at the office quite often because there is a lot of stuff we, can, we chat about, but um, my two managing directors, Niels and Antonia, um, I never see them, I would say, in a week, usually, sometimes once a month. Um, so that, that's how we see it. But if there is something 
where we say, this is now a very emotional topic and it needs face-to-face -face conversation, then we do whatever it takes, fly there, drive there, meet, whatever. So that's, that's how we see it. That's why we see the office as a tool. And there are many tools in between, like more asynchronous tools like Slack or WhatsApp or email um, that we can use instead um, in the meantime. I really like that philosophy. I think that's, that's something that um, I think if you're looking to go remote, I think that's definitely something to be in the back of your head, isn't it? It, it, yeah, I, I would say so. And then it doesn't really matter if you if you spend too much on an office. You can do it with, completely without an office. We did that for a while. Mm. Um, but having a place where you go and where you meet can be very valuable. And then I'd rather keep it flexible than than building the office in, into a. Um, I, I mean, we have a nice office, but we don't <laughs> rebuild it into a super nice place that you never want to leave. So I know there yeah. are companies and. and and especially in the valley that build such nice offices that you would never leave the campus um, and be home. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you're saying you don't have any slides or anything there? <laughs> no, 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 no sports equipment, no slides. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and uh, moving on to sort of tool side of stuff, um, I know you've mentioned it a couple of times on the YouTube mm -hmm. channel, but what is your daily to-do list application? The daily to-do list application, you mean like keeping an overview of my tasks and stuff? That's it, yeah. Um, so I keep it quite simple, actually, I have to admit. Um, I tried many different apps and many different tools. So back in the day, OmniFocus, um, Wonderlist, um, even further back, um, what was it called before OmniFocus? Well, I have to go really back. But... I switched to um, a very simple method and I try to focus on that method. It's the top five method that Rockefeller used to um, work with. Okay. And um, it's very simple. It's um, the question for if you go through your lists um, of stuff, your inboxes, your mails and, and all that stuff, um, you ask the question like, what's up for tomorrow on my top one? Like what is my number one priority? And um, then you make a decision. And the important thing is you make a decision. Like, what's my number one priority? Then you go for the number two, the number three, the number four, the number five. And I'm ranking that by number one has to happen no matter what. And it should be something that is not too big of a task. And I like to have something that is fun. So editing a video in the morning, I love that. Or recording a video. Hmm. Number two is my big task. Number three is a medium task. Four and five are small tasks. And... With that list, this is like a commitment list every day. And I write that down in my book, in my notebook, in my journal, uh, yeah. because it's so simple. Because I figured for myself, making that decision in the morning and writing it down is like making a contract with myself that I make sure I deliver that stuff. So I never took value of um, like having many, many things on, on the list. So this is how I do it from day to day. Keeping thoughts that come up, I, I take a note usually in Google Keep or something simple that works on every device um, that I just quickly take a note. Um, I even know many people use uh, sending an email to themselves. I love that you in, in inbox from, from Google, you can um, set up reminders and stuff like that. So I'd say the most important thing is that the top five list. And then I have different inboxes uh, where I keep an overview. 
I love that. Brilliant. And uh, the, I think people who are listening might be thinking, you know, the, the go-to solution is uh, digital tools and resources. And we've had a couple of people so far, like yourself, mentioned a process like that. And I, I think that's a really effective way to do it. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the digital tools really help you to have everything there. And if you're really radical like I am, <laughs> then you have everything within reach of one search. So even if I'm with my kids this afternoon and let's say there's something really urgent, I usually never take the phone out when I'm with them, but let's say it happens, then I can do one search and I have it because it's it's in, in the cloud and it's searchable. Yeah. And not using that is really like, okay, you make the decision to work slower or to work with more headache. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have that, it's very easy to like focus on that decision and on the priorities. So you switch from working with to-do lists more to like working with priorities, which I think is, is a great thing to do. Mm, definitely 100% and um, you mentioned it there a little when you mentioned about Google Keep and obviously mm-hmm. clipping a few few things and your notebook as well is there a specific notebook tool that you use or do or, or, or as well do you have a physical notebook I have I, I could show you now or I think I made a video actually two okay. weeks ago or something so so in the, in the YouTube channel there's a video it's called uh, why and how I do journaling Brilliant. Um, that shows the very simple notebook and the very simple things I do in the morning to write it down. And I found that writing, physical handwriting, has a certain effect for me. So it calms me down, it brings my focus. And Google Keep is just a very good tool because it's synced with, with a Google account or with a G Suite account, and it runs on every device. Like I'm sitting here in the office on a PC. I have a laptop, um, I have my phone, so I don't care about which device I use or I could use your phone and just continue. Um, I don't give a damn about um, what device or what hardware I'm using. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Um, and I will add that all to the show notes so people can go away and actually learn more about that. Yeah, perfect. Um, I really like that. Um, and moving on to sort of, uh, I guess, the the final piece of the puzzle in terms of you've got the to-do this app or the to-do this tools, note takers and calendar. How do you go about using a calendar across your day? Okay, so um, calendar, Tess, I could tell you now, <laughs> finding this slot is very hard <laughs> at the moment. Um, but, um, but like what we try to do, we, we did a podcast with um, the former... U.S. presidential advisor, whose name is Warren Rustan. So um, um, I, I met him in September for a podcast, and he was the chief secretary of Gerald Ford. He was in the room, actually, when Nixon stepped down and told Ford, uh, Mr. Vice President, to be prepared to become president. And wow. the question I asked him, and he described that in the podcast, and it's really amazing. It's, it's nice to follow because he has, a, like, very interesting tonality to listen to and he said i asked him like how on earth do you organize the president's schedule like how do you do that and he said that's an interesting question because that was the main challenge because up until then the u.s president tended to just react to stuff so the, the tradition was you could go to the white house i think under lincoln it was still open and you could just go there and say hey mr president i have an issue and so Nixon and then Ford, they just became like 300 invitations every day for events to visit. Just the invitations. Oh God. So you had to react. And that was a very reactive way to organize. And many people I meet still do that. So they, 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 someone writes them an email, hey, let's meet. Let's meet for a coffee. Let's meet for lunch. And let's spend 
and then they said the invite an hour because the standard and outlook is an hour and Warren explained me what he did so he went on a retreat with Ford and they decided on certain priorities again like setting up what are the top five or top three priorities of your presidency and you could set what are my top priorities for the year for example so if your top priority for the year is, I don't know, to publish a book, then you can always challenge a meeting against that top priority. And you can always check your calendar. Do you have enough time in there? And on an operational level, um, what he does is he puts every meeting in 15 minutes. If it's not 15 minutes, it needs to be properly prepared with a paper that you can work through the content beforehand, like before the meeting. Mm. So I try to like stick to these 15 minutes and then um, being very clear, precise. I not always manage to do that. So sometimes it's 25 minutes, but it's usually never an hour. If it's an hour, it's properly prepared. Okay. That, that, that seems very tactical and it actually seems like a really effective strategy. It works for me. It gives me at least the freedom over my calendar. And I mean, it's my life. So I make the choice over the meetings I do. I never, I never say I'm the victim of my calendar. It's full. Mm. If it's too full, then I just cancel stuff. Yeah. I like how you can correlate it to the priorities of the year. That's quite nice. That's like, <laughs> it means that you can, you can turn down a lot of stuff. Am I, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. You have to. I mean, if you, let's say, as I said, if you said your priorities to publish a book and uh, you spend, I don't know, hours and days or whatever with, with other stuff, well, you made a decision. And then yeah. you have to ask yourself, like, why did you turn down your priority? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that's really smart. Um, and uh, I think you have done a video on that presence process, right? Yeah, I, I've also done a video on that one. Yeah, I met okay. him, I met him uh, in the podcast. That's really interesting. But you're right. I did a video before last year I'll, I'll include you for them as well so perfect, perfect. just so yeah, that yeah. people can yes. visually see it as well yeah yeah, yeah. Fantastic. fantastic um and moving slightly on to project management um do you and your team at blackboat use a project management tool we have two like for the marketing team so project management is always something to improve because mm -hmm. from my experience it's mostly about communication and i found that people these days underestimate the time that you need to spend in managing projects so i always loved the agile methods where you meet and then look over the priorities but i was never a big fan of gun charts and like super um, detailed planned projects because this uh, collides with the idea of the freedom that we have when we when we talk about like free people from the old way of working so um, tool-wise, we use Trello for the marketing team because it's just very lean, simple, integrates with G Suite. And um, for the complex projects, when it comes to um, very detailed tasks and migrations and deployments are very technical, I think the tech team uses Asana. Yeah, okay. they use Asana. So um, these are the two because they're very still easy enough to use, have the agile method built in. But Asana is a bit more um, professional when it comes to like very detailed projects. And uh, that's fine because we find all the project work in Drive. So all the documents that you would do, you would put them into Google Drive very centrally. So you have one search, everything, everyone can see every, everything. 
And then the communication takes place in, in Slack. So that's very open and transparent communication. So transparency is the key word when it comes to our project work. Fantastic. Um, and uh, are you enrolled in the sort of uh, Slack plan or, or anything like that? Um, we, we were able to use it very early on when they started with the first beta. And um, we obviously saw also the, um, the advantages it has. I would say since Google was the very first cloud, pure cloud platform that was the first we used back in the day, Office 365 was not an option. It just was not there. And um, I always think in like three, um, three ways of communicating within a company. To me, there is group communication. So anything that is like chat-based, let's say Slack, WhatsApp, even email in some, in some companies, that is the communication, the group communication. Then you have the, the concept communication. So you and I work on a paper and we need to like work on that and make it a result. And shared documents are key for us in that area because it saves so much time compared to sending stuff back and forth. And then we have the unplanned communication. So anything that, that you stumble upon when you need that for creative work and, and uh, yeah, stuff like that. Fantastic. Um, and moving slightly away from the software side, um, I think I what I really like about that section is the philosophies that you talked about. I think that they can be applied to whoever's working in a team or individuals, which is quite nice. So th that's really great to hear. Um, moving away from the software side, hardware. What uh, sort of hardware do you use for work on a daily basis? Um, me personally, um I have a PC here, very, very uh, high-performing PC. I cannot give you all the details because uh, my, uh, my <laughs> technical, my technical super brain, Michael, <laughs> built that one. It's for editing, um, but it has a like thirty-inch display to like do all the movie stuff. Yeah. Um, I have a, I have a MacBook. Um, I use a Samsung Galaxy S8 Plus, like the large smartphone. Sure. But as I said, I don't care too much about um, hardware. I could use any device. The most important thing, though, is my smartphone. Okay. Um, and to me, this is a high-performing tool. So I, I switched from an iPhone, um, I think when it was the iPhone 5, I was very disappointed by the iPhone 5 Plus or the S or whatever they named it. And um, I wanted a larger screen. So back then, I switched to the Note 3 from Samsung because they had the large screen. And I could understand directly why a large screen makes sense. And yeah. um, I think back then you were uh, finger pointed by people saying, oh, he's, <laughs> he's on the phone with an iPad. Um, uh, and then the iPhone Plus uh, came out. But um, no, I, I leveraged the large screen and I always want to make sure I have a top end smartphone that is really fast in terms of processor and you can do everything from, from the phone because that's the device I do most of the stuff from. Yeah, it's like you, you, you're going to be out and about with it, right? And you just need it to be working really well. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is the, the killer device and I want to be able to do everything from it. So I want to be able to like make an invoice from the device. I want to be able to make an offer from that device. Even if I want to edit a simple movie, I could do it on that one. I edit the pictures on that one. I write the posts and the articles usually on that device. And... If you really try to focus on that for a couple of days, um, you then also start to use stuff like speech to text that is still very awkward to use in public, um, but it's very productive if you do it because you're so fast in speaking and you're more precise in the words. But um, to me, this is the, the 
killer device to do everything on. And I, I don't, I don't really see a need in taking a laptop unless I have to like edit a movie or something. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, sort of on those different devices that you got there, um, maybe three applications that are maybe not inside of productivity. So for example, um, last couple of weeks, I've been enjoying that called Cloud App that allows you to screenshot stuff. Is mm -hmm. there like three new applications that have been impressing you that just help you get things done? Hmm, let me look. I just look at the device. <laughs> Stuff that impresses me. Um, and they, they could be like an app or a, a Mac, uh, you know. Uh, the, thing is, the thing is, I'm more a big fan of leveraging the existing apps. Okay. Um, so, for example, WhatsApp. Um, yeah. I, I've always been a big, big fan of WhatsApp. Um, using the option that you can pin conversations, open a group for a certain topic, then close it again. So like yeah. really being more proactive um, on, on, on that app. Um, and then, as I said, speech to text of so the built-in stuff. Um, so I could not live without Google Drive on that device. Everything yeah. is on there. I could not live without WhatsApp and like really using that to the full extent. And I'd say the other one for productivity is Google Keep, as I mentioned earlier, and yeah. Slack. Um, stuff that keeps me productive. Oh, I love to look at our uh, revenue in Zoho Invoice. We do everything in Zoho Invoice. Um, so that's that's a good one, but that's less productivity. It's more that we are able to like do time tracking revenues from, from on the go. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Um, and and it's, I, I like to put you on the spot there, <laughs> making you choose some of those ones. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's really good. Um, and in terms of, you mentioned obviously a lot of phone use and things like that. Um, you talk about this quite a few times on the YouTube channel um, about handling email. What app is your go-to one? And I guess what's your like one principle about handling? Mm. So um, that was the thing actually that drove me into the Google world, um, the emails, because I was very dissatisfied back then with Entourage, which was the Mac Outlook back then. Um, and I remember my business partner, he always wanted to have a local app for the emails on his computer. And I found that Google found an interesting way to think about emails as, uh, as more like conversations. Um, and um, so I use Gmail in the browser and I work with the keyboard shortcuts. So I do everything with a keyboard if I, if I handle my emails. That's number one thing. I think I have a short article about inboxing down to zero, processing the inbox to zero. I can send you the link. It's on Medium. Oh, that'd be really helpful, yeah. Um, and... Um, I keep it with with a rule that um, I open the email and then I make four decisions. Is it done under two minutes, which is a lot of stuff I can do under two minutes because everything with us is just one click away and I'm in the browser anyways. Um, I delegate it so I can just press F to forward the email, tap enter to send it so that's super fast. I defer it for later. So I just press V for like putting it into the label and, and archiving it from the inbox. So my inbox is usually zero or deleting it or archiving if you want. And since Google is so solid with a lot of emails, I have like 1.2 terabyte um, of data in that account. So I can go back to like whatever project I've done. And I have no folders or nothing except for this next action and waiting for folder. That's all there is. And that's that helped me a lot to 
not take my emails as work, but as just one communication channel. And on the phone, I love Inbox, so the app Inbox from, from Google, but I love that it's both browser-based and, and online because if I suspend my account because I lost my phone or something, yeah. um, the access is just gone. And I, I don't like the idea that you have stuff on your device, especially now with the new data privacy coming up in May. Yeah. You don't want to have that. It's just a lot of hassle if the laptop gets stolen. You need to inform all the clients and all this stuff. Yeah, that's it. And, and especially in your sort of work with working with clients and cloud-based stuff. Yeah, we have, we have a lot of security tools running in front of our cloud services and make it more, much more secure than most of their internal stuff. And um, being able to just press one button and then, like as I said, like take the account from a device helps you to, yeah, if you lose a device, it's okay. It's, it's the money and it's, it's sad, but you, like just imagine we would have to inform a couple of thousand clients that are potentially affected yeah. if, there, if there is a device stolen. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, brilliant. Um, and, and maybe moving away from uh, the digital side of stuff, um, do you have any like analog processes in your day? Obviously, you talked about the journaling side of stuff. Maybe you could expand a little bit on that and, and the, that side of stuff. Yeah, give me a bit more insight about what do you mean by analog processes? So like yeah, routines so or... Anything, I guess anything physical like notebooks or, or mm-hmm. just general like uh, offline experiences that you have. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe actually, maybe take us through your morning routine. I think that would yeah. be really nice actually to hear. So uh, if, if I don't have the kids like this week <laughs> getting up that early, I'm usually the first one getting up um, in the morning. So that's around 4.30, latest 4.45. So it's usually before five because I love to have, my time in the morning and I'm not a freak off like I get up early and make this crazy routine I just do it because I figured at a certain point nobody can take the away the morning from me yeah and I start with a short meditation then do the journaling um, three times a week I have my trainer coming you know, we do some some like yeah full body workout um, because I figured that I'm not very good in, in, in sports discipline. So if he arrives at six in the morning in front of my door and he's two, two meters tall, there is no <laughs> argument against doing sport. Very <laughs> true. <laughs> just do it. Um, I feel much better after that. And then, um, yeah, I, I spent at least an hour, one and a half hours with the kids in the morning. I really love that. And it's like making breakfast, getting, getting the day started. But um, if I don't do sport, I do the first task. So like okay. kind of ramping up um, the day. And uh, yeah, then I, then I take off wherever I need to go. And usually that, that's why it's not too hard for me to get up early or take an early flight. Mm. I just want to make sure I have my, my morning. That's, that's very important for me in terms of analog processes. Yeah. And um, in that sort of, obviously, you're starting the day quite early. Do you end the day quite early? Yeah, like... Not every day, but I try to be home um, at six for dinner with the kids. Mm-hmm. I, I don't manage it every day, but um, most of the days. And then I go to bed quite early, latest at ten. Yeah, max. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's quite a. Um, I guess when having your when you have kids as well, it's going to be <laughs> everyone's yeah. going to be going a lot earlier. <laughs> I I, I, um, I don't know where who shared that with me, but a couple of years ago, um, I learned about these 90 minute rhythms at night. So you sleep in these 90 minute cycles and, and, um, like, so you would, you want to have four and a half, six or seven and a half hours. 
So I usually manage to be able to sleep six hours straight up. So yeah. 10 to 4 is six hours and then getting up. And uh, over 10.30 to 4.30 is six hours and then getting up. So this is what I try to do. And I, for me personally, I'm very awake when I, when I did this. So I'm very energized not doing that. So like going for seven hours or eight hours, it always is like too much, a little bit too much of sleep. So that was a big change in my daily routine. It's good to know that you know that uh, you know how many hours you actually need and and how it works for you. So yeah, it's pretty good. Um, brilliant. Thank you so much, Christoph, for taking the time out to go through your apps and, yeah, and thank your you. process. Was good um, to reflect about that. It is. <laughs> um, maybe you could tell those who are listening where to find you. Um, obviously, the YouTube, but mm-hmm. um, maybe the other places. Um, yeah, it's very, like if you Google Christoph Magnussen, even with a typo, <laughs> it should, it's, a, it's a Danish name. Um, it sh- yeah, it should show up the, the YouTube stuff. And um, that's my most passionate channel uh, where I share things. It's, it's not related to the company. It's my personal opinion that I share there. Um, if you're interested in that, in that Google stuff, the company is called Blackboat, like blackboat.com. Um, but you should find it with, with the YouTube and that stuff. So um, whatever channel you choose, also Facebook, you can find me there. Um, Christopher Magnuson, same thing. Um, I, I try to uh, use a lot of channels uh, because I, I learned that people like to stick with whatever uh, channel they, they like. Yeah, of course. Um, and you ha- also have a uh, podcast too, don't you? Uh, it's in sure, German. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, yeah it's, it's, that's a side project with a good friend and business partner of mine. And um, he wanted to start it in German. I was like, oh, that's in English. And then I said, oh, you know, it makes sense in German because we interview a lot of German partners. But the, the one with Warren Rustand is English. And I highly recommend that one uh, podcast. I think it's number 22 something. And the series is called On the Way to New Work. Okay. Well, so um, that's, uh, yeah. And uh, I think well, there are a couple of English ones there, but, but most of them are Germans. We, we will be in New York in May, though, and interview like 10 people. So there will be a, an uh, English month. Ah, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, no, I, 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 I saw the title on it when a couple of months ago, maybe, and I was like, I really want to listen to this podcast. And then I was like, I'm going to have to learn German. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. We, we will no, change that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wait for English month. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Christoph. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, for those who are listening along, you can download all of app, all of Christoph's apps and tools uh, in the description below in the show notes. Um, and you can find him in all of those different places. So um, for now, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you very much to Christoph. Um, make sure to go and follow him and, and find him. Uh, but thank you so much for stopping by. And we'll see you in a future Tools They Use podcast. Cheers, everyone.